welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. Uh, I am Kate Prusser, I'm the managing editor of Lookout Landing, and joining me, as always, is my co-host and co-editor, John Troopin. John, how are you? I'm good. We had an 80 degree day and the Mariners won. How do you like that? I know. I'm like digging out the fans. I know it's just, it's still April, right? Yeah, it's still April. Um, Supposedly. (laughs) Boy, does it feel nice. And I'm just Mm. ignoring this forecast that says that we're back to the 50s in two days. (laughs) <laughs> no, we're we're letting that be. Um, so it's uh, it's been a little while since we last talked. I know I, we I missed the pod say, last week. Yeah, we did, and that's sorry, that's, sorry, that's everyone, more on sorry. me. But but uh, you know, last week was kind of a bummer in in relative to where this season has been at. Anyway, it just that was the Astros. It was, yeah, the it was Astros. the Astros. Yeah, that was a, was that was Astros. That was it. Was, <laughs> it was, was some Astros. Astros. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, where, where, I guess let's, let's just do a quick check in. We're going to, we're going to sort of go through this road trip. That's almost mm-hmm. over three more games out of, uh, well, how many games is this road trip on, uh, as a whole? It's uh, what it's, it's, uh, Texas, uh, Chicago, and then, uh, four games at Cleveland. Uh, so, so ten, ten game, ten game road trip. So ten we got games. three more, three more games the Mariners have. So, uh, so we'll do that, and then we'll, you know, uh, just sort of go into uh, some of the roster moves and one run game nonsense, and uh, and then we'll get into some questions. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff we should have talked about. We really should have recorded <laughs> last week. <laughs> so well, sorry if this episode is a little on the jumbo size, but like was, John yeah. likes food and he keeps <laughs> saying he has to work. So mm. it's it's yeah, it's really it's <laughs> you know us millennials, millennials killed podcasts carbon based. <laughs> One of their greatest failings, notable, for sure. Notable drawbacks of <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so we're going to go through the road trip, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so, I mean, wh- I guess what... Let's let's break it down. Let's let's break it down into into sections, and then and then we'll come back to the final, right? So we we've be, we've already been through Texas, and we've mm-hmm. and we've been through Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we're now one and zero in the Cleveland series. Um, Woo! What what are your thoughts? I guess on we'll, we'll start with the offense. How, how you been feeling about the offense? Not great, not great. Um, which no. is disappointing because like so we're off to a strong start in Texas. They score six runs the first night handy win i'm like "Mm, this texas series is gonna be a get right series for them Mm -hmm. and then they scored nine runs and they kind of their pitching lets them down a little bit okay they scored nine runs and then we have the roster move that shall not be named (laughs) and honestly i was like i don't even care what they do i don't care they're gonna lose fine lose i don't care yeah we, we we were pulling some real you know uh pouty pouty kid in the back seat yeah you know oh yeah uh 
shenanigans there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not, didn't care. I don't want to go to the store. I wanted <laughs> to go to Disneyland. Uh huh. I would not accept anything. So anyway, I was like, they don't deserve to win this game. They did not win the game. And then the White Sox series, where I really wanted them to put up a bunch of runs. Ah, uh, that just didn't happen against the White Sox, the soft underbelly of the White Sox pitching. Like what? Yep. Uh, they scored like nine total runs during that whole series. I think it was not impressive. It, it was certainly not a not soothing for anyone who's been concerned about the old run differential of Los Marineros, um, who who I believe with uh, with prior to today's game had a uh, minus uh, I think sixteen run differential. Uh, despite their unsweet 16. Yeah, yeah, a bitter 16. Mm. Um, mm, you know, bad. it's just normally, normally you're, you know, you look at run differential as a solid indicator of team quality because teams that are better win by more, more often. Uh, <laughs> and the Mariners have done quite the opposite of that. They have had some games where they really got blown out and they've locked in and, you know, executed with their bullpen uh, in the games that they've won. Um, That's uh, a little bit worrisome. They did go, you know, they won two out of three. They won the series against the White Sox, which you want to see. Right. But they weren't comfortable wins. And, I mean, when you get blown out to begin with, that leaves a rough, leaves a bad taste in your mouth for the rest of the series. So I don't know if this is just, like, very high expectations like we just well, thought that they were going to jump all over the White Sox pitching and not realize that Carson Fulmer is quietly having Carson Fulmer Michael Fulmer Michael Fulmer one of them I never one remember of the Fulmers. which ones <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Michael that uh-huh. they have that's the good one mm. uh, one of anyway, them's supposed he, to be good the other one's he, supposed to be decent so I don't know <laughs> Uh, he's quietly been putting together an okay season. Um, sure. But James Shields. like. But James Shields. Not okay. No. Not. I mean, maybe maybe you cut them a little bit of a break because you're like, who who expects the EFIS pitch? You had a great comment about James Shields where you were like, I think he's just bored with how bad he is and... He's just trying <laughs> stuff up there, which you know can be even trickier than than somebody who is uh, has has decent stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the total out of left field unexpected stuff can be hard, but yeah, I, I I'm gonna say you know for what the Mariners are now five and two on this road trip. Is that yes, correct? Yes, that's that's correct. They only lost one of the games in Texas and, and one, one of the games in the, Chicago, even though we're whining. Baffling. I mean, it is baffling, right? Because it's just the the wins have been so threadbare, and yes. and the losses have been so you know blowouty. Yeah, it is like in, baby who had barbecue blowout <laughs> diaper blowout blowout losses. Why are you feeling your baby barbecue? <laughs> One of our writers, Eric Sanford, is feeding his baby barbecue at this moment. He's in the dirty south with her. Okay, well, we'll we'll have a little chat with the clan Sanford. But, (laughs) uh, I mean, yeah, I think I'd have to go with a C-minus 
at at you know. Oh, for which, the offense. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. go C minus. You know, because some decent performances, but really, like Texas has a poor pitching staff and is a hitter's park, and Chicago has a poor pitching staff and is a you know, I think homer friendly generally mm. spot. Um, today, you know, they put up five runs for you know, which is which is solid. You know, especially considering you're going up against Cleveland with Mike Levenger, who's a solid pitcher. But you know, they had they have scored. I mean, I think I think that was the third time that they've gotten more than four runs this road trip. You know, which is, I I mean I guess maybe maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. You know, they they did take it to the Rangers in the first couple of games, but mm-hmm. um, you know I I guess it it it's maybe somewhat still carrying the weight of the frustrating uh, Houston series, but but even still, you know, it was it has not been there there have been a lot of playing to the score type of games which yes. are not. Not, not pleasant not whatsoever. Fun. Nope. Um, so uh, I guess, yeah. That, yeah that, if I if I was grading this offense, I would definitely be making a phone call home to their guardians about um, not working up to one's potential. That would be my midterm comment. Uh, offense shows promise, but is not working up to its potential. Just. It's frustrating because sometimes you'll get these little flashes of how it's supposed to go, and you'll see, like, D. Gordon gets on base, and then Gene Segura hits him over, and then Robinson Cano singles him in for a run. You're like, yes, keep the train moving. And then, like, womp, womp. It just it just doesn't... They haven't had the big explosive innings that you want to see. Like, you want to see... We've been told so much this lineup is going to hit from top to bottom... You want to see that in action mm. in one inning and not get derailed. You yeah. know, there's been a lot of two out hitting, which is great. But, and they've actually, despite what it, you might expect, they've been hitting well with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. There just are so many times where they leave the bases loaded and you see missed opportunities go by and then the pitching staff gives up runs and then all of a sudden you're in a close game so i'd like to see more consistency moving from top to bottom i would like to see you know uh, mitch hanniger has been great and then as soon as kyle seager kind of comes on like he did jay hanniger's bat has gone cold in the last Mm. two games it's like can't you all get going (laughs) the same direction at the same time and you know i we've we've talked about it a little bit but one of the one of the tru- not troubling but uh noteworthy things about this mariners team is that they are so contact oriented um and that's generally great because they have great contact hitters and especially some of their best you know some of their best hitters are speedy and capable of uh you know making something out of that contact but i think after today uh they have the lowest walk rate in all of baseball i as am a team. not surprised by that would you know, d's got like 2.5 percent or yeah. something and i mean we are talking not just single digit walk rates but very 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 low single digit like yeah 
Still have to wear diapers, digit <laughs> walk rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they are at 7.1% walk rate, which is tiny. And and to their credit, you know, they're under they're in a sub 20% strikeout rate, which is you know, I think one of the also one of the lowest in the league. It's mm-hmm. fifth lowest in the league. So, you know, it's not like they are getting blown away up there, but I to your point of not seeing a huge inning, it, I think that's a challenging thing because I think what you what you trade off when you have a, a lot of guys who make a ton of contact is you'll get I I, I think you'll chip away in each inning uh, in in some ways, but at the same time you're it's it's tough to hit your way into right. you know a five run inning you you know you often have to have it given to you or you have to get. <laughs> walked uh you know you have to you have to have have some degree of error on the opposing side because even if you're hitting it really well you're gonna hit it at people and i think that's what's frustrating about the white Sox series the white Sox came into that series with their pitching staff giving up the most walks in baseball Mm -hmm. and we drew approximately i don't know four walks over that series i don't i do not have the number in front of me it was yeah it and I think that's going to be a continuing theme, uh, you know. And I think the Mariners are still going to have a good offense, you know. They're they're uh, right now. I, I looking it up. I think they're you know one of the top ten offenses in the league by a number of different metrics by WRC plus, you know. But it's it's uh, it's difficult to be, um, you know, it's difficult to be a dominant offense oh I, I it's not even difficult to beat it up on an offense but it's difficult to get d- deep into pitch counts and get you know put pressure on opposing pitchers in the way that i think a lot of the time we're comfortable and familiar with when you're not taking many pitches and you're not walking at all uh and now is a great time for them to be jumping on the offense the offense busting bandwagon because some teams just have not heated up yet. You know, the Astros look very offensively kind of meek. Yeah. Uh, They're not, they're not, uh, you know, fully geared in yet. Yeah. And And I I should clarify They look meek for the Astros. (laughs) I I think anyone else would be happy with this and it doesn't matter anyway because their pitching staff is awesome. So that's not a huge, but yeah. you know they haven't quite started pouring it on yet. Um, yeah. you, Minnesota has been offensively kind of not all there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, after all the praise that got heaped upon them for all these cheap, um, you know, all the work that they did in the off season to like sign a, a baseball team. You know, yeah, Lynn they they also un- signed Fernando Rodney. Which yeah, Lynn has been <laughs> unimpressive. Really, Rodney really blew the will- save today. Morrison's been awful at first base because he misses Seattle and he wants to come home. <laughs> miss you, miss you, Lomo. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're not. Cleveland is not firing on all cylinders either. I don't. The think Mariners now have a better record than Cleveland. Like, yeah, that's which is ridiculous. weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, and I think like oh, that Central Division is just—it's so unfair mm-hmm. that the <laughs> AL West is so stacked. And the AL East is also ridiculous. And I just, why can't everybody, why, why do we have to have a representative for every conference? 
There should be an exception this year if the uh-huh. if Cleveland can't ever pull it together, which I think they will, or they'll make some moves. But mm-hmm. you know, with Cleveland too, uh, you're dealing with. They don't have much left on the farm to call up either. Like there aren't prospects who are ripening to come up and help them yeah. through this offensive crush. They are in some trouble. Yeah, and they have and they have one of the best, you know, developed player development programs, but no one that they have right now is, you know, universally viewed right. in in such a way that can move. Um, so I guess then let's let's sort of move to the to the pitching staff, right? Because we've sort of touched on that okay. as, in terms of yeah, you know, starting pitching this 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 road trip. Where where where's your feeling been at on them? You know what? Uh, they are they are most improved. They are I think <laughs> I just can, as much as we've that. had like high expectations for the offense and are disappointed. I think the the starting pitching has. It's been actually sort of a gift for people not to have very high expectations of them, <laughs> um, because then when they do well, it's like, oh, what a what a nice gift this is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been funny. It's just been a complete reversal of what you expected, which is the offense was supposed to crash through and score lots of runs, and the pitching was supposed to give up lots of runs, but hopefully keep them close. And uh, I think the the pitching is doing their side. They're giving up runs. But not a crushing amount of damage. Um, and I think that we're seeing some strong performances from places we might not have expected it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the Mike Leak thing, uh, that start in Chicago was just... I want to go back and analyze what went wrong there. But I think it was a poor pitching plan, first of all. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just that was really ill suited for what Chicago's batters wanted to do, which was try to get out, be aggressive, and punish all his stuff, anything over the plate, and it was all over the plate. So uh, that was just a terrible job of, of, I don't know, scouting, but pitch, pitch plan, coaching. I, I, I don't pin that on Leak himself, who did not have his best stuff, but. And did not make the adjustments that you would hope uh, a veteran pitcher would make, but I, that was no, just it, it a was, terrible mismatch. It was a very bad matchup for the roster, but at the same time, or for I guess the pitcher versus that roster. But at the same time, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, that made me all the more concerned about uh, Marco Gonzalez the next the next game, uh, who honestly, you know, has a fairly similar contact heavy mm-hmm. pitching in the strike zone heavy uh repertoire and you know i i think the the pitching staff certainly struggled in the uh in in texas especially the uh the starters um but man i mean marco was marco was good Marco was aided by Mike Zunino being yeah. <laughs> very good, uh, potentially some umpiring that was nonsense, uh, and <laughs> and some really great defense, you know. So, yeah. But but it was it was certainly encouraging, and I mean the first uh, you know the first shutout in our favor of the of the entire season. So fantastic. Yeah, a nice one nothing win, you know, as as we expected for for two <laughs> baseball. Uh, <laughs> For to Mariners baseball, yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, 
I I haven't been. What I will say is, I think every time the Mariners starters have been out there, they have been. Not every time, but for the most part, when the Mariners starters have been out there, I have felt like, okay, this is enough to be in the realm of a baseball game. I would say, (laughs) which is such a such a low bar, (laughs) but. Like, I would say every pitcher has had one blowout, like one mm-hmm. just complete, what the heck are you doing, buddy? Mm-hmm. You need a cookie and a nap and not to be pitching mm-hmm. anymore. Every every one of them has had one of those starts. Yeah. Paxton had it in Texas, unfortunately, mm-hmm. just did not have the bite on his curveball. Bad outing. Felix mm-hmm. had that disastrous San Francisco start, obviously. Mm-hmm. Marco had the Royals. And then Mike Leake had this whatever this was. In Chicago, yep. so uh, and I think it's it's skewing the numbers a little bit that all of them had these ridiculous blowouts early on, but I don't know, and especially with like taking Felix's for example, I think that what we saw in San Francisco is not representative of the pitcher Felix is. I think it's maybe a bad plan, maybe not having his stuff and uh, just having an off day. Whatever it is, I think all of the other starts we've seen out of Felix have said, like, no, this is not a perfect pitcher, but this is not somebody who's going to go out and just get shelled every time. Um, so, yeah, I give up four runs. That's fine. Five runs? Uh, eh, yeah. We can maybe <laughs> score that. If you give up three runs or less, I am feeling good, generally. Yeah. Um, I, uh, who... who individually are you mo I sorry one of our questions today uh but I I feel like we we might as well slot this in yeah um was and now now I've lost it um oh here we go from Chris uh at Chris C from Bothell on Twitter um which starter do you have the least confidence in right now hmm. I mean because we haven't seen who's going to slot into that fifth starter, we haven't seen Erasmo, and what we saw of Erasmo wasn't awesome. Yeah, we've gotten it, one one outing. I guess yeah. two outings or one outing? One outing, I think. Just the one. Just the oh, Texas, yeah, just, the, right? just Texas. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I guess I don't have a ton of confidence just because – I haven't seen it, but then I've seen Erasmo Ramirez. I've seen him a lot. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't, right. I, I basically know what I many think years. we're gonna get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who am I most worried about? I, I've always been a little worried about Leak, just from like an, a mileage on his arm standpoint, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that he was so good when he came here. But when you look into those peripherals, it's like. Why did this happen? Uh-huh. Because it doesn't feel sustainable. So I'm really, at my core, terrified that we are standing on the precipice. Of all the blowouts, mm. I'm not worried about Felix's. I think he's shown an ability to get back on track. I'm not worried about Paxton. Uh, I have different ideas about what was going on in his... You know, he had the one bad start, but... Yeah. I have different ideas about, like, how the strike zone is being called this year, and, and he more than any other pitcher on the staff suffered from not having Mike Zanino to catch him because mm. it's really hard to receive 98 and make it look <laughs> like a strike. And when it's coming at a sharp downward plane, 
to receive that and not have it have the momentum of it pull your hand out of the strike zone. Mm-hmm. So very uh, feel like Paxton's on the upswing. Uh, Marco, I'm very encouraged by just with that extra pitch mm-hmm. and the fact that I don't think anyone has a great read on him. If there's one that I had to be worried, and then Erasmo is, is Erasmo, so yeah. Uh, and and there's guys that they can rotate through that spot. So I think if I'm looking at of our consistent starters, who I'm most worried about, it's it's probably Leak. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I have liked the things that Leak has done in theory. Uh, his peripherals are <laughs> worrisome. They're uh, scary. Yeah, but he also is. You know, I I think it's very early, and I think he will likely be a little bit different uh on his way through he's given up a lot of homers and that's not necessarily going to continue um i'm a little bit concerned about felix more so only because you know it's been encouraging to see the things he does well but when he has struggled it seemed like game plan related struggles uh it's particularly either him not sticking to a game plan or him you know, or or the game plan not working, and the, him not having an other another option other than I'm gonna throw some sinkers. Um, <laughs> so, yes, exactly. Like yeah. it's just his security blanket because, yeah. and who can blame him? Like for years, mm. that's been his emergency, like break glass. What if Pitt? Yeah, it's and just, I mean it sets up his changeup. You know, mm-hmm. it it sets up his actual best pitch. So right. it, it makes sense. But you know, uh, his his curveball is decent. But now that he's throwing it a lot more, it is getting hit more. Um, yeah. And so, and know, just I, I, I think he's, he's he may be still all right. Um, Felix worries me from a coaching standpoint too, because like. Yeah. You have Paxton, he's technically been in the organization for a long time, but mm-hmm. Paxton has a different perception, I think. He's receptive to coaching in a different way. Um, Felix has just, he's been on his own little island for so long that mm. he doesn't, and he doesn't have to trust these guys. What is this, like the fifth, sixth pitching coach he's seen? Seventh? I don't even know how many it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has outlasted all of these people. So when whenever this new person rolls up into town and is telling him what to do, I totally understand Felix being like, nah, I'm going to keep doing my own thing. Um, I think it's it's a it's a coaching relationship that, and you can see Stottlemyre is a little frustrated in talking about him. Sometimes he gets frustrated with it. He's not one of, Felix is not one of Stottlemyre's pets, not one of his favorite students. Mm-mm. Um and so it's just kind of like working. I wonder. It is imperative for Felix to continue to have success pitching in this way and feeling good because the more he has success, the more he will feel better about or receptive to what he's being told to do. So, yeah. It, yeah. Okay. So I feel the best about Felix because I want to believe the best, but if things go. <laughs> go sideways they could get really ugly really fast yeah um okay so i guess then the last part is uh, and this sort of ties into our one run game uh the mariners one run game fixation uh 
That bullpen. How about that bullpen, though? <laughs> How about that bullpen? Um, people get frustrated with the bullpen. They're down on the bullpen. And there are definitely frustrating parts to the bullpen. Yes. Yes. Um, but I like the bullpen. Uh, you just need... Altavilla has gone a little off the... Uh, he's not looking like he was at the beginning of the year. It's a rough patch. He's going to get mm-hmm. through it. He will be back on track. Nicasio is looking like he just needs he a little bit of rest. He looked significantly better. Yeah, he looked significantly better in his last appearance at Chicago. Or did he pitch tonight? Sorry. Full disclosure, I saw none of tonight's game. <laughs> because you were coaching children, it's acceptable. Yes. Um, Nicasio looked good tonight, definitely. Mm. I mean, he's still doing the thing where he'll come out and throw at like 92-93, and then if he gets into a little trouble or needs an out, all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> Bam, 95. Fine, I'll throw hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why won't you die? And yeah. then he throws in the 95. Yeah, so I, as long as he can keep doing that, I'm not I'm not super worried. I see the plan in place. Get the starters through six. Mm-hmm. Bullpen your way through the seventh with whatever combination you have available between mm-hmm. Vincent, Altavilla, and whoever, Zipchinski, mm-hmm. I guess. And then mm-hmm. the eighth is Nicasio, and the ninth is Diaz, and mm-hmm. that part has been working well. It's just the seventh inning <laughs> yeah. part that hasn't yeah. always been working. The Edwin great. Diaz part of baseball has been <laughs> delightful. <laughs> the Edwin Diaz part is fantastic. Yes, um, and I w- one thing I will say for Nicasio is is he has been in the zone and the only thing I think that seemingly hurt him is I think he had just a couple homers that he gave up early on but like I, I yeah, think was he's that got in San, no not in San Francisco where did he where was his bad outing um it wasn't San Francisco San Francisco was nervous making but it wasn't a yes bad but outing. he got out of it um, he got out of it, it Minnesota maybe Minnesota I think it was Minnesota yeah you know what entire series that yeah. Minnesota series <laughs> that two was, game series you yeah, mean, that, yeah yeah I wonder how much because the bullpen was awful and that the starters were bad mm. like that was an awful series and and we could yet we got a win out of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. we didn't even nearly got it. two um, nearly got two yeah it the the bullpen has done it's tough to gauge the bullpen I mean even just looking at general stats just because you have the uh long reliever part which has been like Casey Lawrence and Wade LeBlanc uh and then you've had the actual pitchers part uh which has been Nick Vincent and Jason Bradford and well Jason Bradford sort of bridging that gap but I feel like Jason Bradford deserves more more inclusion in this uh 100% uh, yeah um but I mean I mean the 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 thing I guess about the one run game thing is I think we've made the comparison to the Texas Rangers of a few years back. Uh who twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen Texas Rangers who were uh I believe a five hundred team by their Pythagorean win loss based on their run differential essentially and won ninety five games <laughs> and had the best record in the AL because we because of knocked nonsense. the Astros and, off because nonsense yes super yeah. nonsense and, and had you know part of that was they just had an insane record in one run games and and part of that was good relieving and uh you know it, it it's not I, all of these things are 
part of it is being pretty lucky. Um, you know, the Mariners have, I think, been fortunate to get out of some games. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're not usually going to sustain being a team that has a negative 10, negative 15 run differential and be pushing up into into the upper echelons. But when you have a, a bullpen where if you're winning, you win, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know, so, you know, such a simple thing. But, like, if you get to Nicasio, you know, Vincent slash Pazos, uh, you know, and Edwin – uh, or and Nicasio, or yeah, then the game has almost been over uh, this yeah. this this year, and and that is that is a pathway to victory that is repeatable. It and is it's, pretty it, exciting it, to watch Edwin Diaz take the mound in the ninth inning and be like, well, this is this is all over, but the shouting. Yeah, and. That's, you know, he's probably not going to be quite as good as he's been the entire year, but he's probably going to be just fine because (laughs) most of what he's doing is the same, you know, is is very clear stuff. It's he's throwing his fastball and his slider from essentially the same exact release Mm -hmm. point, and he's throwing them in the zone enough, and he's throwing his slider Mm -hmm. often enough that guys have to guess <laughs> and even then you're guessing, <laughs> guessing and trying wrong. to hit some guessing yeah. and trying to hit 98 yep. you know 95 to 100 yeah. miles per hour that runs you know a ton and and I, I i'm trying to think if anyone's gotten a hit off of his slider because i don't think anyone has so far um and you know that that is just you know that's just Un unmanageable video, video game numbers. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so I'm encouraged too by the fact that when he starts flying open, which he has in a couple, you know, he has mm. not had. These are not all pristine outings, too. Like, mind you, the four out save was uh, rocky. Um, <laughs> yeah. But when he does start to fly open, when he loses his mechanics, before there's even a mound visit, and, you know, we're counting those now, he can correct. He's shown an ability to self-correct that wasn't in place earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. That's very encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. Just his growth, his maturity on the mound is. So, yeah, if they can just deliver deliver the game to Diaz, and I feel Mm -hmm. great about things. Yeah. So, going forward, I guess we we need more offense. Yeah. Because the you know this is this the reasons they've won make sense, but the the way that they're winning is a is, is I mean such a narrow yeah. narrow pathway to victory. It's gotta be it's gotta be more from the offense. Um, you know this this offense should be a you know pushing you know pushing five runs a game offense, and it's not been that. Do you think part of that is the fact that we haven't... I mean, I was counting back Paxton starts today, and Zanino has only caught Paxton in two starts now, I think. Um, You know, it wasn't that long that we got him back. We just got Ryan Healy back today. Ben Gamble just came back Mm -hmm. recently. I mean, Nelson Cruz just... You know, you've... Mm -hmm. 
they haven't played with the full lineup altogether. How much do you think that, if at all, do you think that that has an impact on, you know, the yeah, idea it, it definitely of like, matters. oh, I'm a, I'm a replacement player. I'm Dan Vogelbach. I'm a replacement player. It certainly makes a difference. I mean, you just just purely by having the better players out there, you know, not having Andrew Romine uh, starting at first base at all. Uh, matters. Oh my gosh! Having, oh my gosh! I forgot about that. Was know, that when the bottom of the lineup was like Freitas, Ichiro. Romine, Ichiro? Oh my yep. gosh! Yup. Yes. Uh, An actual yeah. lineup. Yeah. So it's it's the lineup today where Ryan Healy, pretty decent hitter, was the nine hitter. <laughs> is a neat thing that we. <laughs> In theory, should get comfortable seeing the rest of this year, and and that's that's a nice thing that should be shouldn't be forgotten mm-hmm. because that's gonna be, you know, if if this is gonna continue, it's gonna be because that's what's still out there. Um, so we we'll just have to be, uh, you know, hopefully getting to watch more of that. It was uh, an encouraging start back for Healy. I hope that he actually did do the thing for his second opening day <laughs> where he came out and waved his hat and at the uh-huh. anthem. And if he did, then he has earned himself a fan for life. I'm surprised. <laughs> He's a funny surprised dude. He's a funny his, dude. Yeah. It, did he have this personality at Oregon? I didn't follow him when he I didn't follow college baseball Certainly when he was I at Oregon, not. but he was he was well liked in Oakland. That much he, I know. He was definitely for, for yeah. I character. saw when he came in at spring training when we played the A's, and he went over to give hugs to it. Oh my God! There was a receiving line of guys who just <laughs> just could not wait to give Ryan Healy some hugs. So I I'm really surprised. You don't look at him and think there's a guy that's going to have a personality, but he 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 appears he appears to have one. Hmm. Um, so we'll see, we'll see, but, uh, right now I, I, I very glad we took a, a game at least from Cleveland here. <sighs> I'm, I'm not willing to trust their record. I do think they're, they're still, uh, <laughs> still the class, one of the class teams of the yeah. AL. Well, uh, I mean, just pitching, just pitching wise, I think, you know, yeah. and we're going to see Kluber and Carrasco, right? <laughs> yeah, we've got Erasmo versus Kluber <laughs> and Mike Leake versus Carrasco. Sure. So, I mean, so. honestly, I looked at this game and pencil, or I looked at this series and mentally kind of penciled in, well, I would like us to take one. Like, don't get swept. Just yeah. don't get swept. Yeah. And, and hey, guaranteed a winning record in April now. Yep. Um, yes. Good call. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, I, I think they should take one more of this three. Uh, but if they take two more of this and essentially go three and one, I, oof, I'm going to be real, real excited. Wait, coming I'm sorry. Into you want them to win? You want them to? S- what do you want them to do? I, I would like them to win one of the next three games. One. Oh, that's right. We have four against them. Yeah. <sighs> Who's, we have who's the other one? It's Marco Gonzalez and Josh Tomlin. Oh, Tomlin. Which is yes. Okay. So feels, that feels doable. That feels and that, doable. And and we have a day off after that, so yes. I feel like, you know they can get into split the series. Don't lose the series, and yep. I will be thrilled. Taking one, not getting swept is good. Yeah. Um, but you know Cleveland is down right now. Like, let's yeah. punch them while they're down. Yeah. And uh, try to get us a, a, a split here. I would be very happy with a split. I will accept mm-hmm. 
not getting swept, I guess. Yeah. So. Um, then, you know, going into an off day, coming into a homestand where we get Oakland, and then finally we get to see the Angels. Yeah, can for, we talk about how annoying Oakland is? <laughs> uh, exceptionally. They, they have the pitching of nothing. They have the pitching of a dying crop in <laughs> <laughs> the hills they uh, d no they didn't dfa they sent kendall graveman to triple a today which i didn't yep. even know graveman had options yeah i oh boy that is a that is a hard fall for mr graveman and also was, i will be sorry yeah. not to see him yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the other part. Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know who they're calling up necessarily. It, I cannot imagine it is exceptional either. The, uh, oh, I saw it. It was not, um, no, not, not sort of a quad A guy. Um, yeah. But that's how their pitching staff has been performing mm-hmm. outside of Sean yeah. Manea, who was like, oh, wait, I yeah. think I'm actually good again. Yeah. Um, I much preferred the version of Sean Maneo who had not discovered that he was an ace. So mm-hmm. that's annoying. And, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Trevor Cahill back. Oh, yeah. I forgot they had. Yeah, but. me too. Um, it, the West is wild, though, right? Mm-hmm. So we have the Angels, the Mariners, and the A's all with like big firepower offenses, mm-hmm. really very little in the way of pitching. Obviously, yeah. you have Otani in, uh, it, who might Garrett m- Garrett Richards and Garrett who's Richards also been has been solid good. as well. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's um, and they they continue with their problem of having pitchers get injured. So, hmm. uh, yeah, I think it. And then the weird reverse of that is the Astros have all the pitching and their offenses kind of trailing behind although obviously that'll flip around mm-hmm. um but yeah i think the al west might be as far as manfred likes baseball like the <laughs> al west is maybe the most exciting if you like offense division mm-hmm. in baseball to watch right now and mm-hmm. gosh i just really hope everybody come out to those games come out to that homestand let's make lots of noise let's make lots of noise when otani pitches like lots of noise i've it of, is. of course r- referring to the request from the angels that uh otani fans pipe down during his at bats just the worst the worst the they continue worst. to be the worst in every respect so i hope you know what i i really would like them to come out strong on this road trip, come home, mm. a lot of enthusiasm behind them. We're going to have a, a Maple Grove start for Paxton, um, which you should definitely come to. If you don't, mm-hmm. they're super fun. Um, yeah, I just, I hope that we all pack out Safeco and, and kind of lift lift this team up a little because mm-hmm. they deserve it. They're playing fun baseball. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Um well, should we should we take a quick break and grab some yes. questions? Yes, we should do that. 
Wonderful. And I should eat all these Ritz crackers that I'm not <laughs> that you've just been staring at. I have been staring at them. I have been. They are so beautiful, yeah. and I'm gonna. Just we need to research podcast them. snacks. That's what I think we <sighs> I really know. need to get into. I have crackers. You have cookies. We did the worst That's... job at picking mm-hmm. podcast friendly snacks. So yeah, uh, you can tweet us your ideas for good podcast snacks, <laughs> but don't tell me to drink a kale smoothie because I won't. <laughs> And we're back. Now is the time on the Lookout Landing podcast where we take your questions. And thank you so much, everybody who submitted them. We will try to get through as many as we got. Convenient that the Seahawks uh, traded out of their draft pick, so people were just kind of hanging around on Twitter <laughs> with nothing to do but send us questions. Thank you, friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we once we started recording, they took a pick that made everyone apparently furious. So. Oh no! What did they do? Oh, I uh, didn't. I didn't see. Running back. <laughs> but they were. They should have picked a running back, right? Didn't they? Uh. I think the running backs were not believed to be the issue so much as the people trying to block and failing to block for the running backs. Uh, yeah, that is a problem. Who took Lamar Jackson? Uh, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, good for we're him. We're kind of neat. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, good stuff. Oh, DeJounte uh, okay. Murray, former oh. UW great, has tweeted about him and said... He bouts to make everyone who doubted and hated eat their words, and that's all facts. So if DeJounte <laughs> Murray is on his side, I am also on Lamar Jackson. Hard to side. argue with it. You know, that's that's all point. facts. That's all, he says it right there. It's all facts. So. That is excellent. Uh, I did, um, this is the least invested I have ever been in the NFL draft, and I am so... very uninvested in the Seahawks and in football in general yeah. right now. So Yeah. Just, I, I feel really bad because I don't want to be disparaging to people who are still very into it. It's not like I, that's anything bad. It's just, yeah, it's very difficult to feel connected to it. It's yeah. been so frustrating over the last few years Yeah, you know, as a as an entity. I am concerned a little bit about their drafting and what they have done with developing players mm-hmm. from, which i recognize is the richest of irony <laughs> talking about the mariners um but yeah and you know it's just a focus thing like to get really mm-hmm. into it you have to yeah. devote a fair amount of time to it and i just don't have that time mm-hmm. because all my time is spent dreaming about ethan hankins and and mm-hmm. will banfield oh will banfield please be there when i pick <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna pick a college bat, and I'm gonna be so sad. It's gonna be like, uh, maybe not even well, Grayson Janista. Oh, he might be gone by the time we pick. I hope so, because he's got the <laughs> junk ass swing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this has been Kate and John. Kate and John talk dis- about da- draft prospects. Yeah, well. <laughs> What it is, what it is. We'll do more of that in June. Yeah, uh, we'll have a whole like draft podcast for yeah. all you fellow draft nerds. But please, we invite you. We have a whole thing on the site um, about the. That's kind of I'm previewing a lot of different conferences. Uh, mm-hmm. We did a mock draft of round one. If mm-hmm. we got to keep every single pick, which is still a beautiful <laughs> dream. Uh, uh-huh. But you can get up to speed on the ML draft with us. Do it. It's fun. MLB draft is fun. 
not all the fanfare of the NFL draft for sure, but uh, fun in its own way. That is my pitch. Okay, I'm done pitching. All righty. Uh, let's go ahead and start with a question from, speaking of, I guess, development, uh, from F. Calkins. Uh, which pitching depth piece excites you the most? And of all the starting depth, any that are good candidates for the bullpen? Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I typed up these questions, and they've all been um, paraphrased from Twitter because I'm too lazy to copy-paste or screenshot them like John does, so sorry. <laughs> I feel like screenshotting them is so much simpler, isn't then you it? you have to, like, upload the picture into the document that we use. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> which, which depth piece excites me the most? I mean, I feel like we're going to rotate through Ramirez and Miranda, and there's been a lot said about them, and then, like, maybe a mystery third candidate when injuries mm. start to crop up. So I feel like this question is about who is the best mystery third candidate. And I am going to go with Rob Whalen, who mm-hmm. I watched in his Tacoma start the other day, had a very rough first game of the year. And I was like, oh, no, he's back to being bad, Rob Whalen. But then mm-hmm. pulled it together, has strung together now three strong starts. Um, I guess at the beginning there, he just didn't have his command working for him. But when the command is on... The curveball is nasty. Mm-hmm. He's shown an ability to get out big league hitters with it. He just absolutely dominated the Rockies that one day in spring training. Um, so the quality of the batters, he's, he looks like he's overmatching AAA hitters pretty mm-hmm. easily. Um, I'm definitely highest on Rob Whalen right now. Uh, I think that's a good call. Uh, and he was also the guy who was closest to winning the fifth starter spot last year uh you know over uh ariel miranda oh when, i forgot about that uh, when uh yeah he had that disaster had start people, in the nationals game right when it was uh, raining it was just pouring rain are we talking spring training? No, or, this was oh when his Rob one Wayland, start last year. Yes, it was, uh, was the Red awful. Sox. It was the Red Sox. It was the Red Sox, but it was yeah. still raining, right? It was Not gross out, and he yes. struggled a lot. Yeah, it was but real I, bad. you know, but I, I mean, the reason that Rob Whalen was a reasonable target and a reasonable candidate was because he had such you know he had more impressive results uh, all through the high minors as a younger guy than. Most oh yeah, how anyone how, else? I how mean, old he's, is he? He's twenty. He's either twenty three or just turned twenty four. Yeah, and, he's you young. Know, it's you know relative, especially relative to the other guys in there. You know, he's just a a lot younger. Yeah, he just he turned twenty four in uh, the start of February. Um, so you know, he's he's relative to someone like Miranda, who I think has shown more, but is twenty eight. Uh, you know, Rowena Elias, same thing, 28, 29. Yeah, although um, with all the Cuban imports, I think it's always, like, just because their careers take longer to get started because they've had struggles getting here. Like, Miranda doesn't have the mileage of a 28-year-old on yes. his arm. Yes, uh, it, it's more simply that, that you know, it, Waylon, Waylon has longer ahead of him with his maximum, I think, arm right. capacity, sure. I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Im- imminently I would say Waylon uh, is most exciting, and then somewhere between Posey and Moore. Ooh, uh, Posey that. got Posey looked awful the other day; just got lit up. 
And he gave Pose, up a, Posey and he's has carrying been an struggling. Eight point six ERA in Tacoma right now. No. Yeah, no. but it, he, just Posey's just in terms of stuff, it's fair. It, just in terms of the stuff, I'm I'm still more intrigued about him than anyone else, uh, and and more because similar to Whalen, he's younger than everyone else. Um, you know, and and has a pathway to success yeah. in the majors that makes sense. They seem to have slowed down the development on Moore a lot, sending him back to Double A this year, which I assumed would be just until they called up a fifth starter. But mm. um, now it kind of looks like he and Chase DeYoung are just kind of hanging out there, which mm-hmm. seems weird. It uh, and I th- I think part of that may just be that if you're going to pull someone up imminently, you know they want to have some of those. V- veteran guys and they want to have Ariel Miranda and if you're going to have anyone go down to double A it might as well be your younger guys who you can have work on an out pitch (laughs) you know another out pitch so uh hopefully hopefully that is you know the focus there uh because that you know a, a, a good breaking pitch is what both of those guys really need um other than you know miles per hour but um all right, let's see. How about uh, let's do a couple roster move questions here. Oh, goody. Uh, here's one from David Newland. Uh, when do we see Vogel back again? Mm-hmm. They didn't sound thrilled about him. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just everything they say about Vogelback is such damning with faint praise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really feel like we're headed for another Deho Lee situation where he's like hugely popular among the fan base, uh-huh. much beloved, and just like not really uh, so much by the the decision makers. I don't know yeah. why. I, and I mean, it's it's the the reasoning there feels somewhat similar, right? It's that you're so limited in your roster right. when you have him there. You know, he can poorly play first base at best and otherwise he's a DH and he has not shown, you know, I mean, he's not gotten enough of a look to say definitively, but he hasn't hit he didn't tear it up up here while he was here. He didn't make any sort of case that he needed to remain up here. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but, you know, and he wasn't embarrassing. I was, I wasn't like, it was not God awful. It just was, you know, he didn't, he didn't hit enough to compensate for everything else that he can't do. He didn't do enough with the opportunity. He was gifted, I would say, yeah, I would, I would say, Barring another injury or the Mariners falling well out of contention, I don't think we see him again until September. I agree. Uh, because I think they give Healy a lot of a lot of run, and I think I Healy think... probably produces similarly to what Vogelback does or was doing at least. Yeah, and um, even if he doesn't, there were easily three stretch plays that Healy made defensively. Healy is a very mm. good defensive th- first baseman. He yeah. is not a good third baseman, but he is an <laughs> no. excellent first baseman. Yeah. And he just has, um, you know, he stretched for a couple things that I think would have been past Vogelback. And you can tell, too, in the way that 
his infielders react to him, his pitcher reacts to him. Like they know that they've got someone there who's um, helping them out. And that just, that helps out the morale of the whole infield when you know that yeah. you can trust the guys around you to not make mistakes. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then tying this again to someone else who maybe we would like to leave the roster. Uh, William Lofton wants to know how much longer does Scrabble have on the team? <sighs> Another rough outing today. Another rough uh, outing his, today. His FIP is shooting up, I think, oh over eight. He's his ERA, so similarly. He's just... I mean, we, we've said, we don't need to you know rehash it more. You know, he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit within what no. the team needs. If, if the team ever wants to have a seven-man bullpen, which I don't think is likely, but if they ever want to make it work, they need to have essentially six guys that can go at least an inning... And likely a few, a couple guys who can go multiple innings, uh, as well as Edwin. Yeah. And I would that's say not uh, Scrabble. No, <laughs> I, know? he's such a nice guy. Like he's so <laughs> nice. And, he has, and here we are, damning with faint praise. I know. Right? I, I like you know? him so much. His wife is great. Yeah. Like they're nice people. And I am very sad that I just, I don't see how he fits because of what you said. And I feel like if we're talking about when does the rope run out, when is it a sunk cost? I think they're testing James Pazos a little and they keep throwing him into situations to see, and they're not the most high leverage situations, but uh, some of them have been. Mm -hmm. And I think they're trying to see if he can be that guy, if he can be not only the, the loogie, but also someone who can cover a few innings, someone who can get yeah. better results and they're more invested. I would say that like the money doesn't matter to them. I don't think they would cut Scrabble and just kiss that 5 million or whatever it is. Goodbye. Yeah. And not worry about it because they've paid a similar amount of capital in order to get James Pazos. And I'm trying to remember what the capital was. And I think, think it was Zach Littell. Yes. Um, who was a very promising starting pitcher who's now in Minnesota's system after being traded away from the Yankees. And boy, I would love to have Zach Littell in our system right now, but he is mm. not. Um, and th- that's a cost that's just as much, you know, we talk about sunk cost as just monetary, but Pazos is a cost, a prospect cost. Um, so I think that they're equally invested in seeing either one. Like, I don't think Zepp is automatically going to get prided over Pazos just because he costs money. Uh, Pazos has more flexibility, too. If he does mm. start to struggle, you can send him back. And I just feel like yeah. they're going to play out that string until Pazos, until they're forced into a position. So yeah. maybe Pazos blows up and they send him down to the minors to work on some stuff. Or... They're like they feel that they can trust him. They can put the ball in his hands in a high leverage situation, and he won't blow up, which he has sometimes. And <laughs> I am not one hundred percent sold. He's looked better, but I I don't one hundred percent trust James Pazos, and I don't think they do either. So I would say whatever the threshold point is where they they cross that yeah. trust with him. That's I almost one hundred percent trust Pazos against lefties. <laughs> Which I no longer do for Zepchinski. Yeah. And that's, you know, I what I'll say is, I guess, for estimating, I mean, we're just kind of guessing on how much they would get sick of it, which feels like another month. 
not but not even because they might not know but just because it's tough to cut a veteran and they have certainly placed a high priority on veteran you know <laughs> leadership leadership indeed. all leadership all leadership uh can you hear how i'm choking on that word trying to get it out <laughs> Yeah, how many veterans do you need? How many, how many veterans, veterans does it does take? take? <laughs> God. Oh. All right, uh, a more positive reliever-related question okay. from James All Roberts right. yes, here um, around someone that you and I are both quite excited about uh, and our own Ben <laughs> Cohen actually wrote up. I... Uh, Wyatt Mills, how long before he's in Seattle mm. and whose spot does he take? All right, for those of you who don't know who Wyatt Mills is, uh, Wyatt Mills uh, was drafted last year out of Gonzaga. Last year, he was drafted last year. Yeah, he's he's Wyatt Mills yeah. is how the Mariners got Sam Carlson essentially. Yeah. yeah, he was taken in the third round. It is hilarious if you haven't seen. So look up Ben's piece on him, um, where he talked to Wyatt Mills's trainer a little bit about some of the adjustments he's made. But mm-hmm. we embedded a link to. Um, the the conversation on MLB Network, which still covers, uh, they still cover the draft in the <laughs> third round because you're usually still seeing guys go out that have been uh, talked about, and there's like a mm-hmm. book on them, and there was nothing on Wyatt Mills, <laughs> and the image of Jonathan Mayo just frantically googling at his computer, trying to find out what what this Wyatt Mills from Gonzaga is is just uh, I was the draft day does not offer a ton of of giggles Uh, so I was very excited about that uh so Wyatt Mills comes out of Gonzaga 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 (laughs) Gonzags Gonzags um he served as their closer there. He comes with a sidearm slot, um, and he's just nasty. He's real nasty. Um, he blew through Everett. They promoted him to Clinton last year. He's right now in Modesto, and he just looks like he is overmatching Cal League hitters. They cannot pick him up. His stuff has some filthy movement on it. Late break. Uh, sort of a fastball slider guy. Um, but yeah, he, he does not look like he's long for the Cal league for sure. No, I mean, he has absolutely shredded (laughs) like, you know, and, and, and it's tough to do projections sort of in the low minors. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have looked at translatability and there's kind of low correlation between, numbers uh sort of until you get to high a and really once you get to double a uh then you start to get to see some some strong correlation but every indication is that wyatt mills who should be dominating the lower minors because he was a senior he's 23 but immediately is overpowering everyone he's he's throwing 91 to 94 with a ton of movement sort of I, I think the comparison to Steve Shishek has been made, and I think it's an apt one. Carson Smith is another one I've seen, but, like, lower. Uh, it is it is a ton of strikes. It's great movement, and it is – I mean, he, he, was, he was drafted, put into – you know, put in Everett immediately after, like, 
seven games. He had like a canine of like fourteen something in ever. It was he was he was overmatching them. So then he went to Clinton and it was the same thing. And and this year they just started him in Modesto. So I I do think it's not uh, out of the realm possibility that we see him in Seattle <laughs> this year. Um, but I will say... It would say, be aggressive, but... I, I will say, ahead. though, like, the talent leap from... The biggest talent leap in the minors is from A-ball to double-A, because double-A yes. is, is hard. And right now, we have a trio of relievers who are very well regarded in Darren Gillies and Art Warren and Matt Festa who are all in double-A, and they have all hit walls at certain points. Uh, Warren hit a little trouble tonight where he walked the first two batters he faced, was in a little spot, and then just came back and got two strikeouts and a ground out to end it. Um, He's, I think Warren's ceiling is really high, so he's got more work that he has to do as far as, like, repeatable mechanics and stuff. Um, Mm. But, you know, those guys had... Arizona Fall League time, they came up, and, and they're still all, in some ways, f- facing their struggles at AA. So he mm. has to go to AA first. He, you have mm. to see how he performs in the Texas League and if he can continue to get out yeah. very good prospects um, yeah. who are a little more seasoned than... that. Not that there aren't good <laughs> prospects in the Cal... Like, he's facing Jamai Jones and um, other guys who are... So... Uh, it's not that, but those are guys who are a little more seasoned in the Texas League, and they've seen big leaguers, and they've seen tougher pitchers, and some of them are AFL experience. So you have to see how he does there, I think. But if he can, it's pretty clear, I think, immediately whether his stuff is going to play or not, because his stuff is his stuff, right? Like, there's no, it's not going to change. It is what it is. Um so I think you have to put him in the double A for a little while and see how yeah. he does. And if he continues, he already looks like he doesn't belong in the Cal League anymore. He's not, I, I think we've seen what he is and he's overmatching Cal League hitters. I would not be surprised to see him promoted to double A within the next month or so. Agreed. And then we'll, we'll take it from there. I, but it is, I want to just stress that as excited as we are about him, it is a significant talent jump. It's, it's a it's a big step up to go to double A. You have to mm. see how he adjusts there. Yeah. Yes, you are you are correct. But if he clears double um, A, if he goes to double A and is just a monster, then I think we get to get really excited about seeing him in Seattle potentially this year. Yeah. Especially if they're in the hunt in September. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Needing needing another bullpen arm. Yeah. Because um, like Festa again, Festa and Warren. Higher ceilings. Festa throws like mid nineties, nasty, nasty, nasty stuff. Um, but both of them have refining to do on their games, and yeah. Mills is kind of he is what it is. So. Yep. Um. Let's see. Uh. How about we touched on this uh, a little bit, but uh, what is what is your expectation for Eric Falia? We got a question from. PNV at uh, Pacific Northwest Vagabond. Uh, uh, do you know where where he's going to start? Because yes. uh, you know, I don't think anything's changed, really, but just no. you know, another person who 
could uh, make an impact sometime soon. Yeah, so Felia came off of a really just dazzling season, um, really opened a lot of eyes, and then got busted for pot, which is the dumbest thing ever on both ends. Um, mm. 50 game suspension, also dumb. But he will be back uh, May 26th, I think it is. I counted mm. the days out, but I counted them using Tacoma. So it might be different for Arkansas. I don't know. They've had a ton of games suspended for weather, so I don't or postponed. I don't know if those yep. games count as part of the spit. I have no idea how all this works. But anyway, he should be back at the end of May. Um, he's been assigned to Arkansas. Um, and basically what he has to do when he gets there is he has to show up and rake immediately, just mm -hmm. rake. And he knows that because I saw him when he was in spring training on the backfields and I saw him go through this incredible round of batting practice where he just like, he was hitting it to every single part of the field. Just like, mm -hmm. just like, um, spraying it everywhere. And he came off and he was like, singles all singles like okay and it's it's true i mean he was leasing these nice line drives everywhere but they weren't deep mm. so he knows what yeah. he has to do like he knows what yeah. he has to do to to move up he's got to start hitting for power he has a limited defensive profile um even though i think he's better than some people think he is he's made some pretty mm. exciting catches uh he does have some positional versatility where he can play outfield first base but yeah, he's got a rake. So he's got to show yeah. up and he's got a rake immediately. Um, it's a what was already sort of a narrow band for success has gotten narrower. But, you know, the, he's found a way before and I think he'll find a way again. I hope so. Um, let's see. We'll, we'll just do a couple more here. Uh Let's see. Uh, from our own <laughs> Anders Jorstad. Durs. Uh, um, what would you trade for Matt Harvey, and would you want Matt Harvey? And Ooh. how would you feel about MLB teams being able to trade draft picks? Uh, I recall, I believe during the offseason, we mentioned having some interest in Matt Harvey. And I believe Matt Harvey's had an atrocious start to the year he sure has um i said over the off season that the mets should trade matt harvey because i felt like he was going to lose his value immediately mm. um <laughs> i also said that i thought that the mets would be very bad this year and they sure. have uh annoyingly been been making me look dumb by winning a bunch of games although i will say after their like really hot start to open the year i think they're like four and nine in their last 13 games something like four and seven maybe i don't know anyway they're not as powerful as they were to begin the year um uh, but yeah matt harvey is i think unfortunately going to suffer through this year with the mets i think the mets are going to mets and they're just gonna not go anywhere <laughs> even in an, an nl east that i think is potentially winnable because Washington looks bad. What is wrong with them? Am I it is tough to tell. <laughs> I thought yeah. they were going to be excellent. I thought that they would just squash all their lesser opponents and all of a sudden you have the Braves now fueled with Acuna power. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be like a weirdly interesting 
weirdly interesting division this year. Um, but yeah, I think unfortunately what happens with Matt Harvey is he suffers through this. He has no trade value. Um, I mean, maybe they trade him for like a very low level prospect, but I don't think they will. I think that's bad PR. So they keep him for this year. He kind of muddles along and then they part ways. He's a free Uh agent after this year, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And then I think he signs a miners deal somewhere, but uh, unfortunately I think that I know, I know, but uh, that injury, that TO, the TOS. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a bad one. It's a it's a, it's bad, a bad one. one, and I don't know how good the chances are for coming back from it. So not not likely. They're not great. Um, yeah, but I, no, I, I want don't no, have. Much, I want no part of Matt no, Harvey. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I think the MLB teams would, should be able to trade draft picks. <laughs> uh, oh, it would be so much. You want you want be, people watching the MLB draft like. Let pe- can yeah. you imagine what Jerry would do if he were allowed I, yeah. to trade? If he were given a little bit more trading leverage? I mean, come on, it would be mm-hmm. fantastic. And it, it just would be another level of shenanigans that teams could get into. And especially, I, I mean, I feel like it would be a way for weaker teams to potentially get some sort of recompense for their, uh, you know, for their good players is... You know, you can yes. essentially speed up. You can speed up the shittiness of rebuilding, yep. right? Like, you you don't have to spend years and years necessarily if you just hit on a draft bit that you had three first round picks in because you traded for some guys. Yeah. Know, for some guys. It, it's, it's just a, a little more flexibility that I don't yeah. understand why we don't want our teams to it's, have that. Yeah, agreed. It's it's certainly complexity, but. I don't know. This should be complex, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. uh, the stop yeah. messing around with mound visits in the strike zone, Manfred, and get on this. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, here's a question from Westcott. Uh, is a 550 winning percentage the worst possible outcome for the season? Uh. I would love to watch some prospects in Tacoma after we trade away the stars. Um, 550, I believe, would be 89 wins. I would be thrilled. Yeah, i I think I think the worst case scenario probably is like 78 wins again or 79 wins again. Um. Well, and I don't even know if that's worst worst case, but uh, you know, other than because I think the worst case is that the team is terrible, and the team's terrible because their young players with value are hurt yes. or uh, not good. So we you know, saw Haniger the tw- we saw the worst case scenario, and the worst case scenario was <laughs> literally twenty seventeen. Yeah, like exactly the, the um, pitcher we gave up a bunch of shit for. Got mm-hmm. hurt and was never threw a pitch as a Seattle Mariner like mm-hmm. that. I still can't get over how bad that was. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think just seeing seeing healthy Mitch Haniger mm-hmm. um, should be just in and of itself like mm-hmm. um, that's that's what we should have had. That's what we should have yeah. had, and yep. we're getting it now. So I I. I think we had the worst case scenario and we got nothing out of it too. Like not only Mm -hmm. did they not really contend, but 
they reloaded, well, sort of. Uh, <laughs> I, I, D. Gordon, you know, D. Gordon. We did not appreciate <laughs> yeah. D. Gordon enough. Uh, no one saw that as reloading, but I think mm-hmm. properly understood the importance of that. Like, this team is fun. They're fun to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're good guys, and you feel good rooting for them, you know? Yeah. So I think that the worst case scenario again is having is a replay of 2017. Like just guys get hurt, we don't mm. get to see the things that make watching baseball joyful. I, mm-hmm. Tanking is not fun. Like losing a bunch and trying to get draft picks is not fun. I love the minors, and I would love to have excited. I loved watching Tyler O'Neill. Oh God, mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I, it is fun to watch prospects. I would venture it's more fun to watch your big league club winning. Uh, Whether that results in playoffs or not, it's a hard year. Um, But just keep playing this brand of weird, fun baseball with (laughs) weird, fun players, and Mm -hmm. I'm really into it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh I think that will do it for us. Oh, we got to let's 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 uh, we can finish on this one from Chris here okay. uh, cuz it should be a quick one. Uh if you had to replace the Mariner Moose, Ooh. who would the new mascot be? Ooh. Ooh. We're having a lot of talk about mascots, right? Because the NHL is headed to Seattle supposedly um mm-hmm. possibly the NBA at some point. We have the are they the Sea Wolves? The uh, rugby yes. team? Mm-hmm. Which I only know as the Erie Sea Wolves, which I think is a minor league baseball team. Um, it is indeed. Yeah, so feels feels a little weird. Um what would they be? Uh I don't know. I like the moose so much. The moose is one of the very <laughs> few, like okay. <laughs> mascots like i would hate for us to go like to an orbit or whatever the hell that thing is in the the red sox thing like just a big weird muppet the red sox have a logo or a no, thing no a mascot <laughs> they have like the you know you know what he looks like he's like green not the fanatic i think he's green i have now. i think you're thinking of the fanatic I'm not i don't the recall fanatic. the red sox, the red sox definitely have. have a big weird creepy looking thing okay i'm going to google it um, but no, uh, I would like Wally. Wally, yes, he is big, weird, <laughs> the green and creepy. monster. Yes, green monster. He is creepy looking. He looks like yeah, it's a discount un- Sesame unnerving Street. thing. Yeah, no, yeah. no good. That's fair. Um, I don't. Know. What's up with his mustache? It's many la- It's many layers of unpleasantness, and he has like a late. There's a lady version too. I ca- also yeah, kind of. Like the that. lady version looks like. Tungus, yeah. like the beginnings of Tungus. <laughs> I do not like like implying genders either on the mascot. Like that is weird to me. So I do, I just um, yeah. Like any mascots are super creepy when you get right down to it. Except rhubarb in Tacoma, who is adorable. <laughs> just the delight. So um, delightful. Uh, Kate, I've got your answer for you okay. if you're, if you're All ready. Right. Get, uh, hit me. But I, but first, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So you watched Dahlia. Uh, in your youth. That's correct? Oh my Is, god. Am I getting that right? Oh my god. You're trying to say Daria, and I can't decide yeah, whether I go. think you're precious <laughs> or I want to punch you in the face. Like, I, I want to ruffle your hair and also punch you in the face. <laughs> you can ruffle with one hand. <laughs> yes, and punch, and punch with, the, with other. the other. 
There I you go. Dolly. Uh, Jesus God. All right, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, did you then happen to when? What was sort of the runtime on Daria? Like twenty minutes. It was a half no, hour. No, sorry. Hour, I, I meant like like the years. Oh, um, <laughs> it was like. It was maybe 90 to 96, something like that. 90 to 90, 92 to 95. I don't know. Okay, okay. So it's somewhere there. It so was you, you were Okay, so mid-90s. So during this mid-90s stretch, I, surely you must have also checked out the, the hit show Street Sharks. What? No? What? No. Okay, so you missed out on the hit animated series Street Sharks. Um Street Sharks? Street Sharks. Uh, no. Who, which was a 1994 to 1997 animated series about four brothers turned into half-human, half-shark creatures uh, in an experiment by the nefarious Dr. Paradigm. Paradigm? Um, You're Dr. Paradigm. making this up. Uh, I am I absolutely not. I watched so not. much TV in the 80s, and I've never heard of this. There's no well, way. Well, it ran from 1994 to 1997. Um and the uh, Street Sharks uh, subsequently, uh, I believe, fight off a series of other monsters um, in in uh, their city. Uh, and no. yes, it was a it was a great show. Uh, one of the brothers, well, do uh, first off, this maybe is is very like on on brand, but do you want to guess? Well, not even we'll not guess. We'll we'll get straight to it. Which is one of the brother one of the sharks' names was Big Slamu, um, and Shamu's I feel a like uh, yes, and I think you're right there. You're just about to slam dunk this idea for me, <laughs> which is that. S- Shamu being the killer whale, but Slamu, Slamu, Slamu. Grand, oh, even maybe Grand Slamu, Slamu Grand for Slamu. short. You know how else you could have pitched that, John? You could have said, how? "You know what is in the Straits of San Juan de Fuca? Killer whales." You well, know? that's but that's what it is. And so it, it's you, a killer whale. Why did it you is go down this whale. weird detour? I don't understand you sometimes. Because <laughs> okay. yeah, I want. All right, killer slamu. To... Slamu is awesome. That's great. You should have just. I don't understand why it took this huge detour <laughs> to get there. But yes, okay, very solid. Here's my suggestion. Yes. We are the Mariners. I would like the Seattle Siren. So she comes out and is like, got lots of hair and like a mermaid tail and lures opposing batters to their deaths that I would be down for a <laughs> Seattle siren. I think the the main issue simply is that that might not be the most youth friendly. Family friendly? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Not, you know, not, not entirely devoid of family friendliness but i'm just really uh, into mermaids and i'm upset that we've never we've never harnessed the power of the mermaid there's certainly some some mariners like possibilities that are being left on the table by their aquatic skill Uh set i don't understand why we don't um use la bamba some more with the line yo no soy marinero except we would change (laughs) that obviously to be like Yo, Mariners. soy marinaros. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know. It's these are rough ideas, but I do enjoy Grand Slamu. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and also picture the picture Grand Slamu wearing like a jeweled turban, sort of like the Carmack. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. This idea. A reference I get. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> we have to go before I punch you in the face. <laughs> Thank you All so right. much, everybody who sent in your questions. And sorry for the slightly jumbo-sized podcast. I promise to wrestle John to the ground and make him record weekly with me. Or maybe mm-hmm. we'll have other fun guest hosts. Who knows? Oh, I know. Absolutely. Um, so thank you again to everybody who sent in questions. And let's go. We will be at the homestand. Uh, I think I will definitely go to the Maple Grove and we will try to tweet it out. So follow the lookout landing Twitter. We'll find out where we are. Let's go out to the ballpark and support this team because it is a fun team. It is a good team. It is, it is a fun, good team. It is what 2017 should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe with slightly worse pitching, but also with D Gordon. So that's awesome. All right. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender and emotion.